Welcome back to another episode of PTPOV. Today we are sharing part two of our residency series where Kara, Carly, and I discuss why we chose to pursue residency education, how we determined which program would fit our professional goals, advice on how to stand out to a program you are interested in, and much more. This podcast today is definitely geared towards those students and clinicians who are interested in learning more about residency education. We hope you enjoy. All right. Good morning, Carly and Kara. Morning, Megs. Kara, <laughs> uh, what's on your mind? Um, I took a really crazy step yesterday. I was kind of peer pressured into it, but I signed up for a half marathon Ooh, in January. Oh and I'm super, 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 super nervous because the longest race I've ever done was a 5K. And that was, I don't even remember when my last 5K was. It's been a minute though. And I ran cross country all in high school. And I've said, I've always wanted to do a half marathon, but I always get injured, which is also what makes me nervous. But the more I was talking about it with a couple of our friends who are very avid runners, they were like, we're doing this one in Tempe in January and you should do it with us. And I was like, "Ugh, fine. So here I am (laughs) (laughs) going to give it it my best shot. (laughs) That's kind of fun. And it'll be good weather. Yeah. I was like for that time of year, I think it'll be fine. It'll be after like most of the weddings and things are out of the way. So I should have a little bit of time to dedicate to it. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I'll come cheer you on. Sure. I'll hand you water at mile, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Carly, you're invited. You can can come. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie, what's on your mind? Well, A few days ago, I got an email from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, and they sent out a survey to all members about a potential for a board certification in pain management specialization. Yeah. So it's like this long, I think they're in the early stages. It's like this long survey monkey. Um, They said it was going to take like 90 minutes to complete, which is aggressive, Um, but I guess that's what they need to do to gauge interest in it and see how many of us would be interested or whatnot. But I think that's a really cool step in like within the orthopedic world. And I think definitely needs to be emphasized more. So I'll be kind of excited to see what happens with that. I was kind of curious if something like that would happen, especially just like even being in PT school and having more of a focus on pain and pain management. I'm like, I feel like that's something that has to even translate more into actual clinical practice and not just like PT school and then kind of move on and forget about it. Yeah. And even the pain science course that we had in school, which I think Creighton was only one of few programs at that time who even had one. I don't know what the stats Mm -hmm. are right now, but I think it's still, um, it still to me didn't feel as clinical as I wanted it to be, especially like becoming a student. And what I challenge my students with now is much different than what we learned in school, which again, is kind of a theme with a lot of different subjects, but it doesn't matter how much you know about what receptors do what in the pain world. If you can't talk to somebody about it, you can't use that. You can't use that kind of language when you talk to patients about it. So I don't know what kind of resources they would have for that sort of an examination though, is another thing. Like there's a lot of emerging evidence for like interventions and whatnot, but I don't know. Be curious to see if how this plays out. Yeah. Keep us posted. If you get involved in that at all, it yeah, sounds really cool though. I will. Yeah. I don't know the next time I have 90 minutes to sit down and do a surfing, but, uh, we'll see. Can <laughs> I want to support breaks? them. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. It said okay. like, if you use the same computer in the same browser, you don't have to do it all at once. So oh, that's maybe nice I'll just used. slowly chip away at it. It could be cool. Yeah. Uh, Carly, what's on your mind? Well, in the past month, um, I have gotten two things that I've been really anxious about getting. Um, The first one is COVID. Um, (laughs) I made it over two years. And then the one time I take a test thinking there's no way I have it. This is definitely allergies. That little puppy pops positive. So um, that was the first thing. And the other thing was an actual little puppy, which is um, my new Australian shepherd named Reggins. And 
Um, I have so much respect for human parents because holy buckets am I tired, you guys. I don't know if it's from the COVID or the puppy, but Both. Um, <laughs> life of the Peterson house has been hectic. <laughs> the COVID puppy just two years, two years later. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. So obviously residency was a big part of all of our lives. So we are going to take a couple of episodes to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, Our first residency type episode was with our good buddies, Joe and Dylan. And now we're just going to take some time with the three of us to talk about how we chose residency, what we thought about, um, expectations, all that good stuff. So let's get rolling. All right. So one of you wants to start kind of discussing, let's start with what pushed us to do a residency. Like what was something that interested us about it? How are we exposed? Um, how did we find out more, et cetera? I can start. Um, so I was actually the person I remember so clearly sitting next to my best friend in our last didactic course when we learned about residencies. And I thought to myself, I would rather gouge my eyes out with a spoon <laughs> then do this again um my my best friend holds it against me to the state because I said it out out loud um and then <laughs> I believe I it. went yeah I got into the real clinical world and my second um rotation was an outpatient neuro and I fell in love um I went into clinicals every day excited about what I got to learn and um I sat down with two of the PTs I was working with, one of whom was a former Creighton neuro resident. And I said, all right, guys, um, this is what I want to do. How do I make it happen? And um, the former Creighton resident obviously said, you know, I did a residency. It was this, this, and this. I think you'd be really good at it. And the other, my CI said, you know, I didn't do a residency. Um, She kind of took the clinical path where she worked her way into a neuro job and, and got got herself there. Um, So I kind of had those two perspectives and I just started looking into what does a residency actually look like other than gouging your eyes out with a spoon? (laughs) Um, You know, and I started researching programs and what do they consist of and what different settings, um, you know, percentage of teaching and research and all that good stuff. Um, I started emailing other residents Um, talking obviously to the one that I knew and um, the more that I looked into it the more that I was like I I mean I guess I'm going to do it (laughs) because you look at the job market and there's not a whole lot for just neuro focus like it's hard to break into that field as a new grad so I was like I'm just gonna apply and if I don't get into any then I'll go with the hard path (laughs) thinking that residency wasn't the hard path lol Uh, (laughs) and So, I mean, I ultimately kind of reluctantly dove in, but um, yeah, I just wanted neuro. I like brains. I want to work with brains. And now I do. (laughs) Carrie, you want to go next? Sure. I pretty much knew that I wanted to do women's health residency, like semester one of PT school. And when I had learned that it was actually a thing, cause I didn't really know about it. I was somebody that went into PT school thinking like pretty much like orthopedics, like a little bit of neuro, that's what PTs do. And then upon learning some more, it was like, oh, I didn't even know that this was a specialty that existed. And so that's when I went up to one of our faculty members, Julie Peterson, who owned her own pelvic health practice at the time, I was like, Hey, are you able to take me on for like an afternoon and just let me shadow you? And she was like, absolutely. So I went and shadowed her for like one day. And I like immediately knew I was like, I need to do residency. I need to learn more. And so what ended up happening, it was during, it was during my second, second to last rotation. I was in Phoenix for an outpatient orthopedic rotation. And I was kind of in that spot where I had to decide if I wanted to do residency, if I wanted to start applying for jobs and I hadn't done my pelvic health rotation yet, that was the next one coming up. And I was like, I don't know what to do because the job or the rotation I was at, they're already talking about like, oh, if you want to come work here afterwards, like this is kind of the money you'd be making. And then all of a sudden the money really got in my head where I was like, 
I know doing residency, especially if I were to go to Creighton, it's a very, very little amount of money, especially compared to what you would be making like full salary coming out of PT school. And that started really clouding up my judgment a little bit where I was like, is it really worth taking this pay cut to do residency? And then Andrew was actually the one to be like, you're being an idiot. You need to do residency. You know, you're supposed to do residency and like, you're going to really kick yourself if you don't. So he was the one that pushed me to finally apply. And so I did. And here we are. (laughs) I think that's interesting that both of you, I mean, in the neuro world and in the pelvic health world, I think that having that experience definitely helps you get a foot in the door as like a young clinician. Would you say so? For sure. Especially for pelvic health. It's like, you can usually get some sort of pelvic health job as a new grad and they'll tell you that they'll give you mentorship. And obviously like every job is a little bit different, but usually what I see is that they'll be like, we're going to have you start off with ortho and start gradually introducing pelvic health. And then whether or not your mentor is actually in your clinic or at a different clinic, that can be very, uh, variable as well. So it's really not, it's just not a guarantee where I think for me, it was like having done the residency and I came out and they're like, Oh, do you want to do a mix? I was like, Nope. Like I want to do 100% because that's what I've been doing for the past year. That's where my training is. If you give me a shoulder, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just walk out because I have no idea what to do with that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that for neuro too, Carly? Um, yes, in the neuro world, I, I, it's pretty similar. Um, I think it's more the, the experience that comes with a residency versus, versus like, you know, being residency trained because in the neuro field, the variety of diagnoses that you see in a residency, when you're in acute care, you're in inpatient rehab, you're an outpatient. That's just, um, experience that really no other one, your clinician comes with. So, is it that you did a residency and you're going to take your boards? No, but is it that you've seen all of these diagnoses and, and have that extra mentorship and experience on your shoulders? Yes. Yeah. And I think to piggyback off of that, what I've seen at my own clinic, because the clinic I work at is like 80% neuro outpatient neuro and like 20% outpatient ortho, But the neurotherapists who have students and the students who perform well and have a long rotation there are often quality candidates for a job if there's one open and they can get that direct recommendation and whatnot. So ortho, I think, is completely different because (laughs) you can throw a rock and find an ortho job. (laughs) For me, like you you can't throw a rock and find a really quality orthopedic job like you're. You're going to be working in a situation where you have a lot of patients in a day. Um, You don't get to spend a lot of time with those patients, um, which is really challenging for a young clinician to develop like pattern recognition and those clinical reasoning skills and clinical decision-making when you're so stressed and you don't have time to make those decisions. You just kind of say, Hey, I've know this exercise seems like this will help. Um, and that's not to, that's not to knock those clinics too, too much, because I do know therapists who like working in that setting. I don't know a lot of them, but I know <laughs> there are some that exist out there. Uh, but for me in the orthopedic world, I mean, originally early on in PT school, I was really bored by orthopedics. I thought it was so dull. I thought for sure I was going to end up in, in neuro or even pediatrics because I thought it was more complex. And I was more challenged by that. Come to find out that my orthopedic rotations were just early on, were just not very high quality. And it was because of those situations. It was having a CI that um, didn't really care very much about patient care or who was a newer grad and who was trying to figure out all of the same things that I kind of was. Um, And then, so I kind of ruled out orthopedics altogether until the fall, like the, the last year of PT school, I would say when I had a really, really challenging orthopedic rotation and I was all of a sudden like, where is this coming from? I know nothing. And I was frustrated. Frankly, I was frustrated at how much I didn't know. I was frustrated at 
how there was such a large discrepancy in the orthopedic world between quality care and um, just kind of going through the motions and getting by. And um, that's kind of what finally pushed me to decide to apply to residency is because I really wanted that extra training. I recognized how much like clinical reasoning I still had yet to develop. And I wanted to ensure that I was going to have the mentorship and the training in order to get myself in a position where I felt like every patient who walked through the door, I was the, I was a good provider for them. Um, I know that I also mentioned during the podcast that we did with Joe and Dylan, how I was kind of on the fence between ortho and neuro and how I had both applications <laughs> filled out like days before the deadline. And really what that came down to was I knew I would be happy with both but I hadn't had a neuro rotation yet. And I truly believe that if my rotations would have been swapped, if I would have done, had a neuro rotation before the ortho rotation, that I probably would have applied for a neuro residency just out of proximity of what I had recently done and what I was excited about. So yeah, I would say I would say for me, I was very undecided. I'm very happy with my decision, but I do think I would have been happy happy with either decision. And I think you're so right too. I think timing is everything because mm -hmm. by the time I got to my pelvic rotation, it was like, I had three different CIs, just a myriad of things was going on that led to me having so many CIs for a pelvic health rotation. But the one that I had the majority of the time, we did not get along at all. And she didn't advocate for me going into patient rooms with her. It's like the way that she worded it would be like, so I have like a student with me. Um, is it okay if she hangs out with us? Like, it's totally okay if you say no though. So like, mm -hmm. obviously half of her patients were like, nope, I don't want the student in there. It was like, you didn't tell them that I was finishing up on my last rotation in my doctorate program to be a physical therapist. And this was the specialty that I was planning on going into. She just did none of that. So half of my rotation, I was literally sitting in her office. So I was like, wow, so glad that I decided to do a residency because if I was expected to go out and just do pelvic health and treat pelvic health after that rotation, I would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. I had zero confidence. I did not know half of what I was doing. And then residency was really what set everything off and gave me the confidence to be like, okay, like, yes, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do. That's interesting. You mentioned that because even Carly mentioned like importance of CI and how you had like a few really badass role models. One did residency, one didn't. Um, but my CI, the fall, my quality fall clinical was a resident grad from Creighton who just happened to be my CI in this huge organization. It was not planned that way originally. He like volunteered because one of my CIs was going to be out of town for two months. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, uh, what am I supposed to do now? So it was honestly like, random that I ended up with him, but he was a huge advocate for it. I think if I, if my clinicals would have been reversed, even, I don't know if I would have been as excited about it. If I would have had a, a not so quality rotation after a really quality rotation, I might've gotten kind of down on orthopedic. So yeah, proximity of, of experience and as well as CI, I think was really impactful. Yeah. And, um, it's not just how do I want to say this? Like my, the two PTs that I was working with, um, how good they were was part of what drew me. It wasn't just that they were advocating for residency or one way or the other. They were just so good at what they did. And I was like, I'm not, I'm only here <laughs> for 12 weeks. I don't know what I'm doing. And they would come in and any stroke, brain injury, spinal cord injury would come in and they would be like, all right, let's do this and feel confident. And I remember thinking, that's what I want. I want to feel that good at what I do. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, advocating for it or being the, the exact opposite, but just being so good that it drove me to want to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important too, because you don't, you don't know what you're missing out on if you've never been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And that was part of my frustration is seeing like how good my CIs were and thinking to myself, like, damn, I, 
thought I was in my last year of school. I thought I was ready for this. They put me down as entry level, but I sure don't, (laughs) sure can't perform to the level that they are. And I want to. That was part of why I really enjoyed residency in the long run too. It was like, even after residency, I didn't feel like I knew everything, which I think is totally normal because you never know everything. But working so hard for one year to come out then being like, I don't have to look up a whole lot of things outside of my clinical practice where it's like, had I not done residency, I feel like I would have seen so many new things that I would have still been like constantly studying. Like after work, I think I would have had to do that for longer had I not done residency where it's like, I just put a lot of time into a year. And I think that's saving me a lot of time now where I can have that work-life balance again, coming back to that discussion. But I think that was totally worth it. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. If you want to be good, you're going to put in the work at some point. You just got to decide when and how. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I know a lot of really good orthotherapists who didn't do residency. Um, I know a lot who did who are really good. So yeah, p- putting in that time and that that work wherever it ends up in your career, I think is is really the key. For me, I was also... I will mention this. I was at a really good time of my life to do it right out of school. I was single. I was, could move anywhere I wanted. I didn't have a family. Um, I was just kind of, you know, let's go, let's go out for an adventure. I was open to moving a lot of different places. And I know I have a lot of classmates who were originally interested in residency education, but had families or had ties somewhere that they, that were also really important in their life and their, and taking that pay cut was not an option. Taking the, um, taking the geographical move to find a program and uprooting your whole family was a huge consideration too. So I think that that plays a role because it's definitely, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours and you don't get paid that much. So it's a, it's a pretty big sacrifice if you have other things in your life to consider. We've talked about the pay cut a couple of times, uh, kind of a weird perspective, maybe not. Um, when I thought about the pay cut coming right out of school, I was like, I am paying to work right now. So like, even though it's not that much, it's going to be an upgrade. Any, t- any other time in my life, if I had gone out and worked and then come back to residency, then it would have been a pay cut. However, <laughs> it was a really big raise doing it right after graduation. It's like, yeah, they're going to give me money to do this. I think <laughs> yeah. that, I think that's a good point though, because when you are like budgeting things and like getting used to your lifestyle, like I was able to make that work, but again, it was only me. And I was like, okay, this is just what I have to budget on. I'm not used to more than this. This is more than I'm used to. Whereas if I were to go down to that now, it would be very challenging to continue to pay my mortgage. In this economy. <laughs> it's already challenging to pay my mortgage. So <laughs> no pay, no pay cuts, please. <laughs> yeah, And that, I mean, to go off of that, I was just going to say, um, it wasn't just the pay cut, but um, I think anytime when you go out and you be a real, you know, get a real job and, and be kind of independent on your own to go back to the structure of a residency, I think would have been really hard for me too. Um, yeah. I think that I was in the mindset of a student. I just passed boards. I just had, you know, the feedback and, and mentorship of a CI. So I think it was, a, it was really easy for me to jump into, I'm a student, now I'm a resident. Whereas going from I'm a physical therapist to I'm a resident would have been, I think, a harder mindset shift for me when I was making that decision. Because, you know, you always go back to, well, if I don't do it now, I can always do it. Like, you don't have to be a new grad to do a resident. And then I would go back to like, oh, how do you go from, you know, Mm -hmm. independent to having somebody tell you your treatment section sucked, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been hard. I know people have done it. We actually, one of our Jerry residents did that. I'd be curious to hear his perspective on that. Sure. But yeah, that would have been really challenging for me too. I think that studying for the specialty exam as well, it was also a part of that continuum, like school, residency, study, study, study. Um, I have a coworker who's going to take her NCS 
next year. And she's been out of school for, I don't know how long, maybe five-ish years. And then another, a classmate of mine that I know is doing the same thing. She's going to take her GCS. And I just applaud them so much that that they're going back in and doing it. I think it's awesome. I think it would have been really, really hard for me um, to do that. Same. Just my own (laughs) personality, but it can be done and it is done all the time. Any other thoughts on like what pushed you to do a residency? I think one more for me as well. And I don't know if Kara feels this way too, but within our program at Creighton, we had residents in almost all of our labs. And so we were exposed from pretty much semester one to what that looked like. And we saw two cohorts of residents cycle through and got to experience being taught by them and talking to them about their experience. I know that was a privilege we had that a lot of programs don't. And so I know that some students coming out of school uh, maybe don't know as much about it as I felt like I did. Did you have residence, Carly? Um, we did. So the the little lecture that I was talking about, gouging my eyes out, um, that was in, <laughs> in our last, and gosh, uh, my memory is not what it once was in my youth. Um, it was off. maybe our last, <laughs> our last year, you know, when we were second years, there were two orthopedic residents in our ortho classes. And I don't know if they were, if it was new to our program or they were just in so few of our classes that I didn't register them. I, I don't remember now, but um, they were just in our upper level ortho classes. And one of our last days in didactic learning, they sat down and they're like, this is what residency is. Um, and that was my only exposure all the way through and my only exposure until talking about it with um, the PT in my clinical rotation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when I was at Creighton, I remember, you know, because you're all there, you know what a resident is from your first class, your first lab, you know, I feel like that's more of a, a more of an option when you're finishing, you're like, oh, there's all these residents, I can do residency. Whereas in, in our class, we come out and everyone's like, oh, I'm getting a job. And I think there was one other, one other, one of my cohort did a residency. Wow. Um, Oh, just one. Just one. They're just the two of us that I'm aware of, at least right out of school. Mm. Um, And so we we just don't get exposed to it as much. Um, So I kind of, obviously we get exposed a little bit, but I feel like not near to the degree of Creighton where they're like, these are our residents. They're the best. This is what they do. Yeah. So when you finish, you can be them too. <laughs> <laughs> we did have a lot of exposure. And I think what was really fun too, is that the residents themselves like got along with our class really well. So yeah. we had a lot of communication with them outside of just class in Creighton too. So it's like, they kind of became our friends. Mm-hmm. Should we move into how, (laughs) how we picked a program? Yeah. So I, I'll let one of you guys go first, but there are so many programs out there, especially for orthopedics that it, it gets a little bit overwhelming understanding 163 (laughs) for ortho. Yeah. 163 ortho residents. Yeah. That's a lot. And there's a lot of differences between them. They are not all created equal um, pros and cons to a lot. So let's, how many do you have up? How many for ortho and pelvic health or sorry, neuro? Yeah. Neuro is 79. Uh, women's health now is 22, but that's including, uh, developing and, um, candidate. So Mm -hmm. not necessarily all accredited. What about peds? Uh, I don't have the peds number. I just looked it up for us three. (laughs) So, but you can look it up. There's on the, um, residency application website, you can filter through and you can see how many Mm -hmm. programs are available for each specialty. That's how I found that out. (laughs) I mean, that's how I started going on the Abtree website. Yup. ABPT, RFE. There's a directory. You can filter by state. You can filter by specialty. Um, and they have links to all the websites. It's really great. Is that what you guys use to kind of um, filter out who you were going to apply to and who you weren't? 
Yes. Mine mm-hmm. was very easy because there were not that many. <laughs> there were like 15. <laughs> there were like Sorry, 15 let me programs. direct that question at the 163 program. Yeah. Orthopedic yeah, resident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um I I was very picky because um it was one of those things where I really wanted to do residency, but it wasn't something that I knew wholeheartedly I wanted to do until I went to interview. And so when I was applying, I was kind of like, Hey, let's put my, put my name in the hat. We'll see what happens. I'll hopefully go interview somewhere, but I know that I have my hopefully will, I guess I didn't have my license at the time, but I'm like, I'll still be a licensed therapist if it doesn't work out. So I can just get a job. And I was open to that option still. So Ultimately, I wanted a program with a teaching component. I know that probably both of you did too, because you ended up at Creighton. Um, There's two main differences between orthopedic residencies. There's clinic-based ones and kind of school-based ones. And that's just the overarching organization of the program. So ours was through Creighton and obviously we worked in a clinic, but I did not work in a Creighton clinic. We had a partner. Whereas a lot of the other programs are based from the clinic. So the organization that I work for now, it's the program is Honor Health's residency program. So it's through the hospital. Um, So there's a big difference in those programs. The clinic-based programs don't always have as much of a teaching component as the school-based programs. And so I, knowing that I wanted that, I sort of filtered myself to school-based programs um, and that's kind of how I, how I started, but I think familiarity with Creighton's program incurred, like helped me apply to that one because I knew exactly what I was getting into. I knew I wasn't going to die. Like Carly said, I wanted a program that had at least somewhat work-life balance. And I, like, I want to work hard, but I want to make sure that I have some sort of balance, um, So that was another thing that I emphasized in my program search. I have a few other thoughts, but I'll let one of you guys, one of you guys talk. Carly, how did you filter? Um, Honestly, I, Creighton was immediately on the list because that was the PT that I worked with. And she's to this day who I want to be when I grow up um, (laughs) professionally. And then I honestly, 79 programs, I started by just crossing off places that I would never want to (laughs) live. like how did Omaha make the list then (laughs) I told you that one was automatically on the list Uh, so Omaha's cool (laughs) for sure um so I crossed off you know I I have no interest in living there and then when I got it down to the I could live in this place I started going through I knew I wanted a teaching component obviously and then I wanted um experience at every level on the continuum of care um honestly research was not a huge component for me so the ones that were like 50 percent research and you're going to publish by the time you're done and this and this I was like "Mm -hmm." um and then I started reaching out to the resident you know they all list their current residents and I would send them an email and ask really important questions to me like what does the mentorship look like how much um how much control do you have over like the learning style and what you get out of it? Um, the work-life balance was important to me. Narrowed it down to, I want to say five programs that I applied to. And they were all fairly similar to Creighton's setup because that was what I was looking for. I wanted yeah. to be in all of the settings and I wanted to be teaching. And, um, you know, the, anything in addition to that was kind of a cherry on top. Let me quickly interject before Kara discusses her filtering experience, but along the lines of research there, if you are interested in something academic based or potentially going on to a PhD, like those research programs are pretty much gold for that. And I mean, I know that Shirley Ryan was similar and that was another reason why I decided not to apply is because similar to what Carly said, it was like, you do this huge project, if not multiple and submitting it for publication for CSM, that's a huge opportunity in the field. It was just not an opportunity that I was necessarily looking for at that time in my career. Mm -hmm. Um, So just things to consider within that. I would say that 
I don't know if I found any programs that were super heavy on both teaching and research because there's yep. not a lot of, you also have to do clinic, you know, like treat patients. So by the time you factor in that amount of time, I felt like the programs I saw were either super teaching heavy or super research heavy and Creighton, we had both, but the research component was not as emphasized as much or as heavily as the teaching. There's my, my little tangent. So Kara, how did you filter? Um, I knew I wanted to go based out of an, an academic institution, which at the time there was only a handful. A lot of them were more clinical site-based residency programs, but I also kind of narrowed down a little bit too based on desirability of the living situation. Um, so ultimately from like the 15 that I had available, I narrowed it down to three. Um, the only reason, cause I, I didn't apply to Duke, which is kind of funny. Cause that was like the first women's health residency. It's a very, very good program, but I was also really nervous and kind of intimidated about it. I was like, I don't feel like they'll want me. Aww. Not that I did horribly in PT school, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't have the best GPA coming out of PT school. <laughs> and so it's like, I kind of just felt like automatically they'd probably just disqualify me, which is what one of the three did for me anyways, that I did apply to. So wash you like, outright just declined me. I think it was like within a week I submitted my application. They were like, nope. And I was like, wow. All right, cool. So that was fine. And then it was basically missed out then (laughs) (laughs) that's right. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, and then it was ultimately then between it was Creighton and Ohio state. Those were the other two that I had applied to, which killed my family being from Michigan, (laughs) having gone to Michigan state, my family's all Michigan fans are like, you applied to Ohio state. And I'm like, it's residents. Like it's different. (laughs) We're going to have to get past that. And it worked out really well because between Ohio state and Creighton, I would say Ohio state's program one, it was 15 months. It was a little bit longer Two, it also included more of a lymphedema, like breast health kind of a program within the residency, which is something that Creighton didn't offer, which was fine. Cause honestly, lymphedema is not like a major interest of mine, but it, their program was very structured, like almost in like units. So, and there was like me coming back to Creighton, it was kind of like, oh, we'll like build up your caseload, but it's basically like whatever you feel comfortable, like we'll put it on your schedule and then we'll just kind of talk through things and then we'll go through all of our different objectives for women's health that way. So it was a little bit more type B, which I think was a little bit more my pace. So that worked out really well, but both uh, programs offered the teaching component and a little bit of the research component, which is what I wanted, which Maggie already kind of went into a little bit, but at the time I was kind of on the fence of if I, of if I wanted to pursue PhD program after residency, I didn't really know at the time. So I was like, I'm going to kind of just get into the research component, see if it's something that I even really like, and then kind of go from there. I think it's funny. You two both mentioned geographic location as a, as a filter. And I actually, that was, I almost didn't apply to Creighton because that was not somewhere that I wanted to live. <laughs> um, Cause I, I, just grew up in the Northwest. I wanted to end up there, but there aren't, there is not a huge, uh, residency prevalence in the Pacific Northwest right now. And the programs that they do have, um, didn't have the aspects that I wanted. And so I remember talking to my, my CI, I was in Portland on my clinical with, on my good ortho clinical with the Creighton resident grad as my CI. And I was like, ah, but Omaha. And he's like, Maggie, it's one year of your life. And I (laughs) truly don't think you're going to regret it if you do it. I was like, oh, okay. And so I did it. And I, he was right. I definitely don't regret it. (laughs) And look at you marrying a Nebraska boy that you met during residency. (laughs) (laughs) Also would not have predicted that. So (laughs) shout out to Andrew for introducing. I know. right in the nick of time before the world shut down. So, um, but yeah, I would say, especially it was different for me because I also was single at the time I could move pretty much anywhere. So I was, once I kind of got over that hurdle, I was actually going to also apply to SLU St. Louis university. Um, it seemed like they had the same sort of qualities that Creighton's program had. Um, but their application deadline was actually March 1st and Creighton's was January 1st. So by the time we went to Creighton and interviewed and got accepted, it was all prior to March 1st. 
So I had my application ready to submit and I ended up not because I didn't want to turn down a sure thing just to apply some, somewhere else. So I actually only ended up applying to Creighton, but also I had a lot of programs ruled out in the fall that applications were due earlier, like in October, because I hadn't decided at that time that I was going to do it yet. So I, I definitely missed out on some I just missed the deadline because I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> what else? Um, I So, I mean, I talked about how I decided where to apply. Um, I'll talk a little bit about how I decided which one to go to because I did interview at two, mm. um, Creighton and Mayo Clinic, which was also incredible. Um, and they were a week apart. And I remember thinking, how am I going to choose? How am I going to choose? The, the Creighton one is the one that got me started down this residency path. I can, I've seen what it produces, you know, and the other one is Mayo Clinic, right? Um, and I interviewed at both and after just uh, hemming and hawing and sleepless nights trying to decide, I, I kind of settled after interviews that Creighton was going to be it. Um, and uh, it was, it's hard to describe. It was a feeling I got when I was at the interview. And it's the same way I decided on UW-Lacrosse for my undergrad. It felt like, like home. Like I, I'm, I can do great things here. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, it's, it's just a feeling. Uh, they're both incredible programs. It just felt like home. And then I, um, I did not get the Mayo Clinic one. I accepted Creighton. And then the day after I accepted Creighton, Mayo Clinic called me and said, hey, we had someone back out. Do you want it? And I was like, ah. oh, no. <laughs> Um, but it, it just came back to, um, you know, being in the lab and going, meeting all of the, you know, the, the mentors and the people I was like, I'm going to stick with Creighton and man, now that I'm here with you guys, um, <laughs> it's a good decision. It's a good decision. We agree. <laughs> I think another huge thing that I didn't mention is I would encourage everybody, if you're even remotely interested in a program, like reach out to the person that's listed on their website, like have an email conversation with them, even schedule a phone conversation with them if you have a lot of questions. But I think just corresponding with that person in charge and potentially even a few of the mentors, if you have the opportunity to do so can truly impact like where, just like what Carly said, where you feel like you're going to be the most successful, what personalities you vibe with, because if you don't get along with your mentors, like that's really going to stink in your year. And I know I got along with mine. Great. I loved it. I know in years past, that hasn't always been the case at, from what I've heard, but it's, yeah, it truly is like a personality match. Is this going to be somebody that I can learn from who's going to build me up and help like encourage me and empower me with the education? Or is this going to be somebody who is knocking me down, is looking down on me because I don't know how to do something instead of like helping me find the answers? So I would say like from my own experience of being residency director at Honor Health right now is that like even the candidates that send me emails and whatnot like I also get a vibe for their personality. I have their names written down, like, and I look out for their applications. So I think that's something that, that goes a long way. Agreed. I think like if I had had my one CI for my pelvic health rotation that I had to spend four months with, if I had to spend a full year with her for residency, like it would not have gone well. I probably would have quit residency. So absolutely. I agree. You have to make sure your personalities match to some extent to make sure that you have a successful year. Mm -hmm. That was a piece of advice I got from, um, the resident that I was with on my rotation. It was, is like, we, we, as PT students spend a lot of time, like we're trying to impress and we want to get that job. We want that offer, but it's not only that the that you're a good fit for the residency and they want you, but you, the residency has to be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, so she kind of encouraged me to turn around, like, don't just try and get every residency because it's a residency and you are a type A PT student who just <laughs> lives to please. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to make sure that it's, you know, it's your life and it's going to be a good year and a good way for you to kickstart your career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard it described as like, go into it interviewing them too. Like, mm -hmm. don't just let it be an interview 
of yourself, like interview them, make sure it's a good fit for you because ultimately there are so many options. There's different residency programs, but also you can just work. (laughs) I mean, it's like, you still are going to have a license. You still can get a job. And so if you end up at a program that isn't a good fit for you, then that's not going to be a good situation. Similar to taking a job that you don't like, but this, this program, it's like, it's a year contract. It's not like a job that if you were truly miserable, you could leave earlier than that. Um, I guess you could, but it certainly wouldn't look good on your resume. (laughs) Nope. You'd have to have a really good reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But like, you can always say no, like even when Mm -hmm. I, cause my interview with Ohio state was like two weeks, I think before Creighton's interview was like really similar timeframe. So it's like, I had already known, but right before the Creighton interview that Maria had gotten the Ohio state residency. And I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, yeah, she's like, I was going to interview at Creighton too, but I accepted it. So I'm not going to go to Creighton's. And I was like, okay, like no worries. And then I show up at Creighton and they're like, Kara, you're the only one here for the women's health residency, like congratulations. So it's like, I had to go through the whole interview process, even though it was basically like, we're offering it to you. But also at the same time, I'm like, well, I can't screw up this interview either. Cause like, they could also just be like, wow, she got a little bit too lax with this and was a little bit cocky and we actually don't want her now. So it was like, still like we had to go through the whole process knowing very well, it's like, I could still turn it down and they could just straight up not offer it to me. Yeah. So, but it was a really interesting situation because it was like, wow, it just happened to be one of those years where they didn't get a lot of applicants. And so it ended up just being me. And then the next year there were like eight applicants. So it's like, you never know too, when you're applying to residencies, Mm -hmm. you don't know really what you're going up against because every year is totally different. Yeah. I remember being so jealous of you on interview day. Someone was like, <laughs> that girl's the only women's health applicant. And I was like, I had heartburn. I hadn't slept in three days. I was like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> Anything else in the advice category for picking a program or looking into programs? I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah. If there's anything we didn't cover, reach out to us and let us know and we'll address it in another podcast for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was going to mention that. I mean, we, we talked about like reaching out to programs, but reaching out to past residents is another part of that and part of the, the learning experience. And so if you guys have any other questions, like please reach out and we'd be happy to either discuss them specifically on an individual basis or maybe record a little something if it's a common repeat question. So definitely keep that in mind. You guys ready to play a game? Yeah, always. All right, here is our game. Um, This is called Just One. And I am going to have a secret word in front of me. And I'm going to try and get these two to guess the word by only saying one word. Um, So, for example, if the word was woman, I could say lady and try and get these two to guess the word woman. Okay, ladies, you ready? Deal. All right. The first clue is scrambled. Eggs. Aha! Aha! <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. The second word is pillow. Talk. Bed. Case. Sheets. Mattress. Bed. Comforter. Sleep, bedspread. You went to the fan. Why are you calling those things such fancy words? A quilt? A blanket? A blanket! (laughs) (laughs) A comforter? A duvet? (laughs) I don't, that was weird. I don't know. I don't cut. Yeah. Okay. You're right. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for admitting. Okay. Vines. Grape. Ha! I didn't think you wow. would that one. Good work. The first game that Kara's not immediately the best at. This is Kara beat me and like skunked me last week. So I have to redeem <laughs> myself. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, jacket. 
coat. Coat. Good. <laughs> Great one to end on. These are so hard. How are you ever supposed to get someone to guess caterpillar? Butterfly. Butterfly maybe? <laughs> Cocoon. That was that one wasn't as hard Cocoon as Cocoon would be a good one. But like neck. Cervical. Camber. I could have said cervical. <laughs> Dang it, I'm with PTs. I was the wrong person to choose to host read the this. room. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of PTPOV. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll see you next time.